guys, and welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I am Josh Horowitz. Welcome new listeners. Welcome old listeners. Welcome people that have been with me from the start. I love you all equally. Maybe I love the ones that have been with me from the start a little more. But um, there is so much on this week's show. I'm going to keep the intro or intros rather short. I also don't have Sammy by my side to be uh, my wonderful comic foil. So it's all me you get this week, guys. Um, but here's the amazing news. Um, we have not one, but two awesome guests on the show. Um, coming up in a bit is Nicholas Holt, who, of course, you know um, from the X-Men movies, from Warm Bodies, and from the new film, Equals. Uh, we'll get to that in just a bit. I'm really happy with this conversation, and I think you will be, too. He is delightful. Uh, but speaking of delightful, we have a returning guest, one that um, we all know and love. Uh, he is, of course, Tom Hiddleston. So Tom Hiddleston um, has, of course, been on the podcast. He's done a ton of great, absurd uh, sketches with me. Um, and he is now an Emmy nominee. So let me give you a little context. This is a short conversation, uh, 10 minutes, if that. Um, and I just caught up with Tom uh, a few days ago. Um, he had been nominated for an Emmy Award and um, was excited to chat about it. He had just been nominated. He's in Australia shooting the new Thor film and um we uh caught up literally moments after he got the uh, emmy nomination because he wanted to you know revel in his fun moment and who am i to say no to that um always good catching up with tom so um the conversation you're gonna hear first is a, a little phone conversation uh, i had with uh the amazing tom hiddleston i should say he is acknowledged um for his great role in the night manager which you guys should check out if you haven't already it was very well uh nominated by the uh, emmys ton of nominations for himself and Hugh Laurie and Olivia Coleman and just the whole production. It's a great um, adaptation of a John Le Carré story, a six-part miniseries for BBC and AMC, but you probably know all that. My, suffice it to say, if you haven't seen it yet, check it out. It's great. Um, and uh, and I should, I should say also... Um, you know, Tom is obviously very much in the news for a number of reasons recently. Uh, you know, he's rumored for Bond and he's in Thor. And yes, he is now apparently dating one of the world's most famous people, Taylor Swift. So we don't talk about that in this conversation. It was brought up um, partially um, because... It's so in the news. He kind of wanted to, you know, you know. I think he wanted to address it in some way, and he wanted to um, uh, acknowledge that this, you know, is a thing. Um, and uh, and you know, there's been so much speculation out there. So um, we ran an article on MTV News, and I know Hollywood Reporter also had him talking about it briefly. You're not going to hear us talk about Taylor Swift in this. That wasn't my agenda. That wasn't his agenda. I don't really care that much to talk about that kind of thing. Uh, and I don't think he does either. Um, the quote he gave me uh, was, uh, I think, you know, simply um, to nip it in the bud, hopefully, and, and hopefully not like turn it into a bigger thing that it already is. Um, so suffice it to say, this conversation is about the night manager. It's also about Thor. He has some wonderful things to say about returning to the character of Loki. It's not about Taylor Swift. So if you came here for that, move on. <laughs> and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, brief uh, catch up with uh, one of my favorite guys, Tom Hiddleston. Hey, Tom, it's Josh. Hey. Hey. How are you, man? How are you, my friend? I'm, well, I'm doing okay, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're doing a little better. Congratulations, my friend. <laughs> Thank you very much. I mean, I mean, we, Thank you very much. It's excellent. 
yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good time, even though it's three a.m. in Australia. I, I have to say, you know, we knew that Tom Hiddleston was a master thespian, a master impressionist, king of the dance floor, the internet's boyfriend. But now you're also an Emmy nominee, so congratulations. This is a new new on the bucket list. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, it is three a.m. in Australia, and um, <laughs> and I have been. Um, on set as Loki all day, uh, so and and then due back tomorrow. But yeah, but it's all, but the news is good. It's a good time. Um, feels good to be an actor. I, I, I like yeah. to I like to think that you're sitting uh, in your room dressed uh, in full Loki regalia, enjoying this moment. <laughs> I, I'm not. Oh. <laughs> you're um, ruining the illusion. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm ruining. I'm ruining everybody's <laughs> illusion. Yeah. No, it's um. But it's worth staying up for. Yeah. Um, I'm so, I could not be more delighted. Um, I'm so proud of the night manager. It's, um, it was a huge undertaking and, and an enormous labor of love and um, one of the proudest um, achievements of my short life and career um, and made some very good friends on it. And um, I couldn't be happier. So I'm just so... Um, so pleased that it it um, it made a connection with people. It, it certainly did, and obviously, um, it, it's got to be great news. I don't know if you're aware. Obviously, the show itself got nominated, but um, so great that that both Hugh, like, Hugh, yeah, Hugh and Olivia, Hugh got. And, yeah, and uh, Olivia, yeah, and Susanna as well, which is amazing, which is just wonderful. It feels like um, it was a real team effort. Um, we shot it over. 75 days, uh, four countries, 15 weeks, 360 pages. And um, for a espionage thriller, um, for all of us to keep track of where we were and, and to try to translate the subtlety and nuance and brilliance of Le Carre's writing onto the screen was, was, was a huge kind of um, collective and collaborative uh, endeavor, and so I feel that you know for Hugh to be nominated and Olivia to be nominated, and Susanna, um, who who was um, who kept us all in check, yeah, um, it's just thrilling. I'm so proud to them um, as well. Well, and it's also I think exciting in that. Um I mean, I, you know, I don't know if it's too big a leap to say that this was a risk for you, but, you know, we've talked a lot about how, the opportunities you've had in recent years, but, uh, and, and certainly film is, it would seem to be your pri- priority. Theater's there too, of course, but, but to make a leap and to spend this kind of time and commitment on a six part, uh, TV show for, for BBC and AMC, um, did it feel like you were taking a risk, taking a left turn, or was the material just that compelling and, and the company you were keeping that uh, much of a no brainer? It never, it honestly, it never felt like a, a break in continuity. It felt like the most exciting script um, to come across my desk for some time. Uh, and I and I jumped at the chance after just reading the 60 pages of episode one. Um, and the, the combination of John le Carre and Jonathan Pine and... Um, the partnership with the BBC and AMC and um, Simon and Stephen Cornwell and Hugh Laurie was it was it was was an extraordinary prospect. 
um, and it delivered on every expectation um, and and exceeded those expectations. It, it felt, and I think it's it's. I mean, I said this before, but I think audiences distinguish more between film and television because the experience of watching them is so different. Right. If you go to see a movie, you go to a cinema or a movie theater and you pay a ticket and you sit and watch it and um, and then you go home and catch the bus or drive home and, you know, it's, whereas when you're watching television, you can watch it on um, television or on your iPad or on your computer or you can binge it at the weekend and and, and so the so experience the experience of watching both media feels very different for the audience. But for an actor, the experience of actually making it is the same. Right. It's you're still playing characters, telling stories, um, trying to find the best, most efficient, most exciting, most human versions of the particular truth uh, you have to portray. So, so it never felt like a, a left turn at all. W were you a, uh I know, as we said, and, it's, yeah. and so it turns out it's been one of the most exciting terms. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. The um, uh, as we said, super late over there. I'm sure you're uh, dead tired, and you're just getting going in production on Thor. Um, I know you're a consummate dancer, though. Was there any dancing at the news? Will there be dancing tonight? Or are you saving it for later in the week? What's happening? How do you celebrate? <laughs> there has there has been no dancing tonight? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Loki's Loki's taken up all used up all my juice for that, but but maybe 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 they'll be dancing. Yeah, I did a little kind of, I think I did a little sort of shake of happiness. Probably <laughs> um, there were there was uh, there were rumblings, there were stirrings, um, but they didn't uh, they didn't fully express themselves in in explicit dance moves. <laughs> Uh, and, and briefly, I know I know you can't say much because you're just getting going on 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 Thor. But um, stepping back into Loki's shoes, was it was it easy? Is it exciting that you're uh, getting a chance to play this again? And and I want to know if you're going to get some revenge. Uh, you're playing opposite not only Chris but Ruffalo, who the last time you encountered the Hulk was not so yeah. kind to you. I hope Loki gets yeah. uh, a little bit of revenge. <laughs> yeah. It, well. Yeah. Um, what can I say about that? Uh, it was, it has been incredibly exciting to get back into character as Loki this week. Um, this is my first week on the film, and uh, it, it, it was um, more exciting than I expected to, to get back into it again. I, I haven't played the character for four years, and once I'd gone through the transformation that I had to go through, um, which is not done by me, it's done by the, my brilliant collaborators in hair, makeup, and costume. But after two hours of, you know, um, sitting there and then looking in the mirror and seeing this guy staring back at me, I was like, it's like, <laughs> hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, the script is absolutely brilliant. Uh, Taika Waititi is, I can see already, um, the most ebullient and, um, you know, spirited uh, leader, and his set is enormous fun. Yeah. Um, and there is, um, you know, um, 
<laughs> Loki has a few things to say okay. about what happened. I would hope. I would hope with uh, with with the Hulk, <laughs> um, but I don't want to spoil things. Of course, of course. Always fun catching up with Tom, one of our favorite guys. Always welcome to the podcast and uh, happy to say I'll be uh, catching up with him in just a matter of days. I'm heading to San Diego Comic-Con. He's going to be there for Kong Skull Island um, along with the entire cast, really. Brie Larson, I'll be talking to her as well. Um, So I'm excited for that. I'm also excited just generally for Comic-Con where um, there's a ton of cool stuff. And you guys should really just, you know, if you'd follow me on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz, you won't be able to miss it. but suffice it to say, um, I'm going to be doing an insane amount of interviews um, with every, pretty much everyone you could want to hear from at Comic-Con um, from Thursday through Saturday, uh, even Wednesday night. Wednesday night will be on the uh, red carpet for Star Trek Beyond, a film I've seen and I enjoyed. Really fun. Um, and uh, we're live streaming on Facebook. Um, I think pretty much every interview I do, uh, or as many as we can. Um, so you know, keep, keep a, a look out on MTV's Facebook page, MTV news's facebook page my twitter feed we're going to be going live on facebook with the red carpet for star trek for interviews with um pretty much everyone you could imagine that's going to be at comic-con it seems like it's going to be quite a party um so i'm excited for that uh also really excited this is one of my favorite interviews for the podcast we've done period um partially because it's i think it's going to surprise a lot of people uh nicholas holt is uh of course he came to prominence first in about a boy he was that kid (laughs) next to hugh grant singing uh, killing me soft in the end and uh, then he you know, started in skins he grew up before our eyes turned into the strapping uh, handsome dude um, and is now um, you know a big movie star he's obviously in the X-Men films he is in a new film that I highly recommend called Equals from um, director uh, Drake Doremus and starring of course our good old buddy Kristen Stewart uh, you guys should check it out it's a small movie but it's a very emotionally powerful one very well done by all the participants so you should check that out this conversation with Nick uh, I say it might surprise people because I've gotten a chance to interview him a lot and get him, get to know him a fair amount over the years. And I've always said to people, he's a lot. He, I think on screen, he projects, um, you know, a, a certain, uh, a certain personality that maybe doesn't come through in interviews all the time. He's a super funny, super dry guy that I absolutely adore. Um, and I think this will be a fun conversation for you guys to hear because you're going to hear, um, a more relaxed, uh, Nicholas Holt, a more casual, um, uh, and, and just funny guy than I think a lot of people expect. Um, so really honestly, one of my favorite, uh, absurd conversations, it's, it's basically 45 minutes of two morons just uh, nerding out and having a, an, an inane conversation. Um, but uh, hopefully that's enjoyable to you. I think I think you'll enjoy it. So um, check out Equals. Uh, stay tuned for all our coverage uh, at Comic-Con on my Twitter feed. And I, I, never, I never remember to say this, but please, guys, go to um, iTunes, subscribe to Happy Sack Infused, and rate and review us. Uh, those things really help, and I should remind you guys more. But um, if you could, spread the love. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, in the meantime, here is Nicholas Holt. You're Pokemoning. You're Pokemon. We're re- okay. We're we're recording right now. Oh, are we? We're gonna record. Should we record? We, I want to capture your Pokemoning. Well, it's stressing me out right now because I keep on. It keeps on crashing on me. So it was so. So I catch the Pokemon and then, and then the. You get like the two shake wobble on the ball. I don't know what you're talking about. And then, first of all, and then it freezes, <laughs> and now I don't. And now I can't. 
we're catching we're Sorry, catching Nicholas Holt in the mid middle of um, really I don't know this is a sad <laughs> moment in your life I feel like you're playing Pokemon I'm Go out. you're stressed yeah how many days have you been doing it how many days I, are, uh, are you on the Pokemon yesterday, kick yesterday was my first day well essentially since I was like nine years old I collected <laughs> with, the with, cards. A, with a sixteen year uh, break or so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I took a bit of time out it kind of went cold turkey on it. It was, um, it was a lot, you know, keeping all the shinies in order and all that sort of stuff. I was never Pokemon. I'm, I'm we're no. practically a different generation, so I don't really have what the Pokemon your, what thing. What were your phases? What were your... I, well, I had a little, like, um, well, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, that oh, kind yeah, of a Sonic thing. Yeah, yeah. Where's I'm that? On that. I remember playing Sonic on the, on the Sega. Yeah. At a friend's house. I always did the Sega. This was my problem, man. I had, I had Sega Master System. I had Genesis. I had all the wrong consoles growing right. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, di- I, didn't get a, I didn't get a console till, uh PS... PS2. Wow. But I played my brother's PS1. Yeah. Silent Hill. Uh-huh. So wait, is this now... Uh, first of all, my, uh, man, your mic man, like a, like a professional. Please, could you bring it in? Thank you, sir. Um, no, it's okay. It's all good. That, like uh, this? Like yeah. a Freddie Mercury yeah, style? Exactly. Whatever you want. Be Whatever you want. Um, I couldn't tell how sensitive it was. So could you hear a word I was saying? Yeah, of course. We captured it all, but I want them to hear in vivid detail your your um, tips Those for the Pokemoners out there. notes. <laughs> Has it added something to your life the last two days? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's got me out and about more. <laughs> I've made a new friends. It's amazing how many people you see like playing it. But it's actually, I was thinking about this this morning. I feel like it's a uh, it's a negative, like the poor um, um, celebrate, celebrity folk like yourself, you can't do it as much as other folks because it's all about getting out and about. You can't be like strolling the streets. Oh, yeah, I was on the way to a bar last night and I was rolling down the street and then I found, um, oh, what was it? A wild something or other. <laughs> But there were like three people already there trying to catch it, and they're all huddled around trying to catch it. I was like, "Yo, wait up! I gotta get that as well." <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, and then you carry on your merry way, and you have like nice little interactions through it. So, because you know, no one cares about anything but the Pokemon at that point. So it doesn't matter if you're mildly famous. You you were you were told that you were coming in to talk for forty minutes about Pokemon today, right? You were prepped. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it? Um, filled in your life that was. Uh, there before what what has it replaced what obsession was there two days ago if i talked to you what was your most used app what was your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh most most used app i don't i didn't really oh i had this app that was uh <laughs> it's gonna sound maybe weird but a meditation app really yeah into the meditation now i'm i'm really into it are we meditating right now? I feel like you just started. <laughs> Maybe even, podcast interview is not the best place to meditate. Even thinking about it, I'm like, it just takes 10 minutes. You don't mind, right? No, it's fine. <laughs> Everybody meditate along with us. I've never meditated. Dude, I don't do have that spirit. I don't have that kind of let's personality. Let's turn this into a meditation app instead. Give, give, me, um, give me a first tip on how to meditate because I've literally never meditated. I don't do yoga. I mean, look at me. I, I'm a mess of a human being. The thing, the thing about meditation that a lot of people don't... <laughs> It's a soothing voice. (laughs) It's not about clearing your mind and not thinking anything. It's just letting the thoughts in. And then when you feel you're thinking about something or drifting away, letting it go and returning to your body. Wow. Do you have a mantra? Uh, No, but I had to learn a mantra for... uh, for the the film I just finished, the J.D. Salinger movie, I had to learn a a mantra for that. I can't remember it right now. (laughs) You flushed it out of your brain already. It wasn't in English. Okay. Um, Oh... So why do you why do you need you seem to be such a chill dude every time I see you it seems like all is right in the world you calm it's me down because I'm so happy to see you <laughs> <laughs> but normally I'm freaking out dude <laughs> so that's that's why you're here today I'm your meditation yeah <laughs> I'm is, to you're essentially my shrink it's okay Nick happy sad and confused are all the emotions <laughs> that I need to talk about 
<laughs> it's all good. So that's good. You're done with your work. Yeah, I was wondering if you were still uh, shooting uh, here in my hometown. No, no, no. We're done. We're done. We're finished. How'd it go, man? You played, yeah, you played Jamie Salinger. Disaster. No, don't say that. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, Big challenge. I mean, that's quite a... Yeah, but you know, that's why, why we do it, right? Not why I do it. I'm trying not to challenge myself in any way. No? <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> no, but um, enjoyable. Have you, shot, have you shot stuff in the city before? No. No. I shot one day kind of for, for Kill Your Friends. It was kind of guerrilla style. Uh-huh. Where we literally just ran in. Just grab a little. With the camera and we like just ran around the city for the day. I don't think we had permits to be perfectly honest with you. I probably shouldn't talk about it. Yeah. In fact, that didn't happen. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I know it was weird because we'd walk down these streets in Chinatown and stuff. And they'd be like, okay, and it wasn't, there was no, literally a camera directed me and like two other people. And they'd be like, okay, and now uh, go into that, go into that like laundromat or bar, or whatever it was, and hang out in there. But remember that you're meant to be really wasted at this part of time. So kind of be a bit obnoxious or whatever it oh, was. God. So it was kind of like performance art suddenly yeah, where I'd roll into these places. You're Sasha Baron Cohen. And you could see like, you could see people be like, hang on, first of all, what's that guy doing in there? Because he's well out of place. And then, and then being wondering as I walk around, kind of like trying to make stuff look like it was perhaps good for a shot. Right. But knowing that there was no sound, so just talking random stuff or asking directions to somewhere. And then being like, okay, and acting quite drunk and then mooching on my way again. Well, it's good um, at least, I mean. As, but then also then, then walking back out and then being like, okay, do it again, we missed it. <laughs> and, then you, and then it's like Groundhog Day for those poor people. They're like, wow, that guy's nuts. It's a big, big audition for your future prank show. That's going to be another phase of your I career. When you do do your... I would love to do a prank show. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a big prankster? You're the, the heir apparent to Mel Gibson back in the day. He was the guy. Did he do good pranks? Yeah, but now it's like Clooney. He's in, you know infamous for his pranks. Right, okay. Are you a prankster? Is this like the, uh, that's like the worst question on a junket? What pranks did you pull on each other? But is but are you actually that kind of person? I uh, no no I don't really do pranks that often. It takes a lot of planning and prep. Normally when I'm at work, I'm kind of thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the films, though, I don't know. Like on the on the bigger films, when you have more time and there's like. Your smaller roles within them, then you can have. You were you were you were a victim of a prank, according to a recent interview with uh, Jennifer Lawrence, talking about your lactating problem. Oh yeah, my lactating nipple. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a surprise to me. I didn't know that they did that. Got some interesting texts back about that one. Uh, yeah, I'm actually starting off a cheese business. For anyone who's interested, mixed cheese. We should mix nip cheese. We should pass it on. We should text uh, our buddy Kristen Stewart right now. Should, what's a prank her? What should we say? Oh, what could we prank? What's she doing today? She's, doing she's in town. Cafe, she's here. Cafe Society premiere yeah. tonight, right? Yeah. Um, okay. What could be a good prank we could play on her? Um, your, your eyes are bleeding. Uh, you just found Josh Horowitz dead in his office. <laughs> <laughs> Can you help me hide the body? <laughs> I just killed Josh. Horowitz. I just killed Josh Horowitz. He pissed me off during an interview. <laughs> There's a Pikachu here too. I've got to find it. Can you come take care of it? <laughs> Please, please, just. How do would it. you get rid of a body in New York? Oh, that's a good question. And I've lived here for my entire life. You would have think you I asked, would know. Have you the... asked Siri? Let's try it. You've done this, right? No. You can ask Siri what oh, to get rid of a dead on, body. We're going to try it. I don't know if my my connection. Okay. So what's the question? How? Uh, how... Uh, where, where can I hide okay. a body? Okay. I guess, hey Siri. Where can, I, where can I get rid of this dead body or something like that? Why is it not working? Let's do it on your phone. Um, yeah, let's see if I see. My, my phone has an anti-murder um, app. When did they put that in place? After the <laughs> After last I started murdering spree people. you went on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Siri. See? What's going on? on. Siri oh, hates us. Where can I hide a body? Dead body. <laughs> Siri is really oh, reticent she today. Oh, she just says very, very funny. 
She used to come up with like uh, dumping grounds and things. Really? Yeah. yeah they, I'm uh, sorry, this is lame now. No, that's Just okay. That was, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good rabbit hole to fall down oh, into. That's okay. We'll very, cut it all out. It's very all gone. Serious becoming super socky. <laughs> we should have just texted Kristen. That would have been a better way to go. <laughs> um, speaking of Kristen, this is a great movie. We, ha- we, should, we should hype a little bit of equals. We've talked about this yes, one yeah. in the past. It's finally getting to uh, the masses at large. Yeah. This is, a, I mean, you know, there are, there are ones that are more, I think, close to your heart than others. There are ones that turn out better than others. Uh, safe to say this one actually, not actually, but, but this one turned out well. Yeah. You happy? Uh, yeah, yeah. And this is this one's very close to my heart. Um, Drake's a, Drake DeRims is a wonderful filmmaker um, and someone that I loved working with. Um, just his style and approach to to the work and what it means to him and how he wants to tell stories. It's it's very uh, he keeps a very fluid, free motion way of working, which is great as an actor. It kind of keeps you on your toes, but also lets you explore things and yeah. and you don't have to hit beats and do scenes, as it were. Um, and working with Kristen was wonderful. She's like, I mean, you know, as you know, like super talented and smart and like on it and just really cares. Yeah. Um, plus in that scenario, when you've got to be doing improvisation and very intimate and close with someone, you want someone who, you know, you can have a laugh with, but you also trust and feel safe with. And, right. that, you know, those are all things with her that we were able to, to capture. So similar, similar kind of techniques or attitudes about the work. I mean, I've, I always talk about this, like I always find it endearing in a way that like Kristen always talks about having like such a, a bullshit detector that like, if she like does a take that she doesn't like, she'll just like literally say out loud that that, that, that fucking sucked. Like she yeah, can't yeah, control yeah, herself. Yeah. yeah, no, that, 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 yeah, she'll, 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 she'll bail out midway through the, midway through the take and be like no this is bullshit <laughs> i will like i'll know it's bullshit but you'll keep going but i'll keep going and the persistent little <laughs> beat um so i like so i finish it and then go that was bullshit <laughs> by, by the way guys that sucked. well not not Destroy always though, not when it was like 30 minute takes i wouldn't like screw up three minutes in <laughs> wait wait till <laughs> we had 30 minutes gone and then be like guys i'm sorry I got by the way <laughs> that was BS. Let's uh, let's go back to the start. We can push lunch, right? No one's hungry. Do you find though that like does your approach, does your technique like change with each film dictated by the director you're working with and the actor you're working with, or are you kind of like the same actor on each project in a way? Do you know what I mean? Well, it, it depends. I always I always go into each job being like, this is the one where I'm gonna be super serious, and everyone's gonna be like, wow. Look how super serious and prepared he is. Like Daniel Day-Lewis 2.0. What the hell? Unbelievable. D-Day Lewis. <laughs> Here he is. And then it, inevitably after a, after a few days of that, then I like have fun. Yeah. A couple fart jokes and, and it's like, over. <laughs> basically. Um, no, but it, it does, yeah, it does vary massively depending on, on the job, on the character and on the director and the environment that you're working in. So yeah. I kind of um, don't have any set techniques, I guess. When you, when you, and when you see something like this, which is like, I, I, I think I told you after I saw the film, it's a, it's a really emotional and powerful film and it really works. Um, your interaction with the material must be so much obviously different than an audience member. But like, are you able to kind of lose yourself a little bit in this one? Or like, what do you see when you watch this one, if you have watched it? Um, what do I see? Well, uh, first of all, um, the film's incredibly beautiful. Yeah. Um, John, our DP, and, and Drake, and... and um, Everybody just created this this world that you look at, and the photography is so beautiful that you're like, wow. And then the way he bleeds colors into it and, and tells the story through the emergence of that and, yeah. and when, when the characters start awakening and feeling things and then the, how the camera moves, that uh, that obviously blew me away. There's odd moments where we'd be improvising for long takes and you'd forget that you'd done something and then you'd see that in the film and you'd be like, oh, wow, that kind of wasn't 
acting. That was just like a little piece of me that I threw in there, and right. that's now there, which is odd, because you often don't have recollection or, or certainly don't have memories or intimate moments like that played back. <laughs> right <laughs> on large screen <laughs> except um, for that documentary crew that's trailing you right now at all times yeah. for the the life project on nicholas holt <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, can you imagine having a documentary team following you around the whole time it's your or, worst nightmare probably it'd be horrible for them they'd be so bored with my life <laughs> he's, he's like, playing so now, pokemon for a sixth hour <laughs> they'll just constantly see me nearly get run over <laughs> Be fearing for my life and then be like, sitting at a hotel should we room. just let him die? Yeah, let's <laughs> let him die. <laughs> oh, no. Is this, is this, <laughs> this is a, a kind of a dystopian future, much different than the Mad Max style. More, more utopian almost. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's kind of, it's kind of everyone's kind of getting along. It's like, although, it, although it's quite a, a sad place in many ways to look at it, you know, there isn't any love or, or wonderful joy in the world, but there's also no hatred or jealousy. And, right the bad thing so it's kind of you know that's an interesting aspect of the film that kind of you have to take the good with the bad I think and, and lots of people have asked you know would you get rid of any emotions I don't think I would yeah even if they're bad would you no it keeps it interesting yeah you gotta feel it occasionally you gotta yeah. wallow in a little bit of sadness do you uh, big, uh, I mean, are you a very expressive person you think do you naturally fly into like uh <laughs> Tears, uh, rage, are you, like, what, you know, what gets you going? Besides losing a Pokemon in the middle of the street. I can't even concentrate on this right now. I don't know, I've got to open it up and see if I call don't, it. Don't, 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 do, don't do it. Um, pay me some respect no, for I'm, once. I always <laughs> <laughs> pay you a lot of respect. Um, the, uh, no, I don't think... Um, does like a, a, not, a sporting match emotional. get you uh, screaming at the television? Is there? Not really, I used to. I, I remember crying when England got knocked out of the World Cup against Argentina in '98. I think it was. I was very upset then. I've cried now, over baseball games of, yeah, when I was a teenager. I've totally. kind of yeah. reined it in a little bit. I'll cry at like those like the super stupid sentimental things. Right. It'd be like a you know like a like a dog commercial or like a like yeah. a or a yeah. movie or whatever. I'd be weeping. Yeah. Um, or anytime I'm on airplanes, normally I just break down in tears the whole time. It's true. Eleven what? hours straight of just like wailing. <laughs> it's so good. It's like shut that kid up. <laughs> it's me. He's an adult. He's a very tall um, adult. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm not. I, I I wouldn't say I'm particularly. I'm kind of pretty mellow. I think emotionally yeah. most of the time. It seems like a, a, a uh, also it's an elaborate um, ruse to get you just to wear um, the same clothing for a couple months. This film, yeah. Well, I like I like films where I get to wear the same costume throughout. Normally, yeah, that's it what, a that's lot more simple. Exactly, ten percent of your brain is just not occupied with yeah, your and you're not changing all the time every right. day. It's like great, yeah. you know what you're putting on. It's kind of like putting your pajamas on every day. Yeah. Well, people can't see, but you're actually wearing like a beige sack right now, just like a I big like <laughs> the potato sack. Yeah, it's weird. You know, it's Did you cut those arm slits out yourself? Or you like scratch it <laughs> <laughs> and it smells like old potatoes because <laughs> well, it was actually used to oh really yeah, your own or someone it, else's I found it on the street last night so. <laughs> really <laughs> time to you're wash living it, your sorry. best life aren't you <laughs> you're going, the, going to the, the best bars <laughs> you found all the hot spots in new york <laughs> Um, I feel like... Uh, How much do you edit this down to, by the way? It's not going to be edited at all. It's not going to be edited. I mean, unless you say like a horrible thing about a, a, a politician that could sue you or something. You want to say something? They can't sue you for saying horrible things here. That's right, it's America. Uh, yeah. I don't, I'm not going <laughs> to, just in case. We're just waiting. Can't afford it. Um, <laughs> so wait, are you going to relocate? Let's have you as a New Yorker. Why not live in the city? Uh, I, yeah. Okay. 
Wait, do you live in London? Like, is London like home? Your, your... There's not much room. My wife, I have to talk to her first. Should we get her on the phone? No. Can't tell her. <laughs> Who's that guy in our living out. room? We'll sit in our pants all day playing, <laughs> playing Xbox or PlayStation or something. And sit there. It actually doesn't sound so bad. Eating, I'll make you sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> do you make a good sandwich? Yeah. What, what, do, what would you put in the... I'd put... I'd get three pieces of white bread. Oh, wow. Super fluffy. Maybe thick cut. And then it's got to be like lettuce, tomato, mm-hmm. bacon, some turkey, um, some mustard in there. It depends. What, what, what no, that's like. good. I was good. You haven't you said anything. Th- you know the thing about a sandwich that people often forget? Yeah, please. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> you want to you put a lot of salt and pepper in there. Oh, yeah. You got to season. Yeah. Because you think, you don't think of it like not like. No, you it. would season like a chicken breast if you had exactly. it. Exactly. You got to season your sandwiches. People. I hope that's the title of this. <laughs> Life lessons with Nicholas Holt. That's what this podcast is called. Um, uh, but is London home or yeah, LA or yeah, what's North, home? L- North London's home? Yeah. Um, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in the city proper or? No, I grew up uh, an hour west of London in the countryside. And was uh, dreams of the big city? Did you were you aching to live in a city? Is that uh, like are you more of a city guy or a country guy? I I kind of vary between the two. I love being in the city. My my area of the city is pretty quiet, so it kind of feels like you're in, like if I'm in the rush of things. Right. Like when I was in New York, I, I lived in Williamsburg, which felt a little more relaxed sure. and chilled. So it didn't feel like you were in the city the whole time. Otherwise, um, well, in London you have all the cordoned off gates and stuff like that whole like six acres for your for your giant place. Yeah, the palace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have the armed guards at every morning, Queenie. <laughs> you, oh, were you actually at the palace? You're yeah, with. No, I, I have a room. <laughs> they, they don't advertise that but if you go on craigslist <laughs> yeah, they, yeah it's actually surprisingly easy to get in there um the dumbest podcast ever <laughs> that's saying a lot the michael shannon one by the way was about 45 minutes of i mean you know the man let's talk about michael shannon for a second uh, i love the guy you worked he's with him best, yeah he's insane he but he's so great when he, talks. <laughs> he always looks like he's about to kill you i was like this guy hates me First yeah two or three days he like, does oh, that to no. everybody yeah i was like yeah I don't know how to make him like me. But he also, I, I find in my experience, he doesn't do much to disarm you. It's not like he, like, I think he almost like revels in the fact that most people are afraid of him. Yeah, but a lot of people would not, like go out of their way to be like, like, don't worry, don't worry. You get that sense that they're trying to be intimidating or they want you to do that. No, and he's just And then they're instantly not. Right. You're kind of like, okay, well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see you in an action movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Super. Um, whereas, yeah, Shannon's just really like mean looking. <laughs> did, did you ever get comfortable with him well, yeah yeah we'd hang out in the evenings after work yeah right? and then i was like oh okay and then i realized that like 50 percent of what he says is actually a joke but he just doesn't deliver it as a joke right so you aren't He's sure. the driest man it's on like, the planet yeah. yeah exactly so you sit there and you're like oh and then once you cut um you know click into that it's good and then he was very protective of all of us it was myself and l fanning right. cody smith mcphee in that movie and he became very protective over us, so it was quite sweet. Amazing. Yeah, and I, I always enjoy watching him uh, interviewed by other people that like just don't speak Michael Shannon. They don't understand what wavelength he's on. Yeah. And they're just, they walk out What's of like a junket room and they're horrified. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any particular highlights from that? From Michael? Yeah. Oh my God. Honestly, it's my favorite podcast we've done because it was like just 45 minutes of dry, dry non sequiturs. Right. Um, but he's, uh, yeah, but I, 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 I enjoy the uncomfortable awkwardness with him. Yeah. 
I, I wish I could recreate it. No, you're doing well. We're halfway there. You're good. <laughs> Not that you're like watching the clock. <sighs> Six minutes to go. No. Cool office, him. Thank you. I'm glad we didn't have to go up to that place that I saw you last time up at Times Square. Oh, yeah. It's well, a nightmare to go up there. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, no, we moved down here. We're, uh, um, we moved down here a couple years ago and it was the best move ever. Um, but yeah, this is a child's office, basically. It's cool. You've got a bit of a great. A lot of great stuff. Thanks, man. What's, um, your, what's your favorite? Oh, my favorite. Does it, do people normally bring gifts in? No. Yeah, you, you weren't told. Where's my where's my gift? <laughs> I'm looking around. I'm saying a lot of gifts. Can I have the hat that oh, you brought? Oh, yeah, you want the hat? I got some headphones. I'll take whatever you got, man. Oh, what's the bit business oh, that's card? Just my pass to get in there. <laughs> I don't want that. I can't really do that. Um, wait, what's the, are you, uh, I think one of the last times I saw you, not one of the last, but like uh, in Toronto, we dub smashed. Are you over dub smashing? Is oh, that, no. Is that come and gone? No, I've got, uh, what have I got now? I mean, I haven't got any like uh, large production ones like like the X Men. Like I gave you, I think I did Steve Coogan one the other day. You did uh, some Steve Coogan. Yeah, I feel not well versed enough in Coogan. I'll be honest. I feel like I should I, I should know more of his great work. Like I haven't watched Down Partridge. I don't. You haven't watched Down Partridge. No, I know, I know. I'm an idiot. I know. Oh, dude. What about um? So none of the Alan Partridge. No. The trip. Yes, the trip and the the second one. I, I okay. yes, yeah, that's they're nice. great. Yeah, yeah. But I, I but that's the tip of the iceberg. Dude, go I feel back, like. go back to Alan Partridge. It's so funny. I will. Maybe go watch uh, Alpha Papa the movie. Well, oh, that's right. Yeah, that came out a few years ago. Easy yeah. in. Okay, it's an easy in. Sold. And then you can go back and watch the series and be like, ah, this is where it all stems What's from. Oh, what what are your uh, comedic uh, what 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 films do you consider perfect comedies in your life? Uh, oh, in my life, perfect comedies. Uh, going back old school, I would I would be like Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm -hmm. um, Drive by fruiting classic. Yeah. <laughs> so good in that movie. God, I got to meet Robin Williams. Nice. Before he started to pass away, he was the nicest guy. Yeah. And he'd like seen a film that I was in and was like, "Yeah, hey, you were great in that." Amazing. Like spoke past. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Awesome, you're like my childhood hero." Um, and Flubber as well. Flubber. Film doesn't get referenced enough, I don't think, Flubber. I can't know if I don't know if I can support you on this one, my friend. Really? It's been a while. Maybe maybe Flubber is worth a revisit. Yeah, that's. <laughs> we, can, we can watch that while reading sandwiches. sandwiches your house. <laughs> hey, honey. <laughs> Big day again. Oh God, my we wife's gonna to move out when she sees days. the Flubber. <laughs> Um, no, because I was thinking Coogan. I was thinking I was watching Little Tropic Thunder recently, and that oh, yeah, great. is such like a amazing movie. Yeah, it is. I mean, Superbad's kind of the ultimate comedy. Superbad's amazing. I think. Yeah. Um, but so, then, but then you, I'd go back and. Um, mm, I mean, one of my favorite films as a kid was The Mask. I don't, yeah, yeah. Mask is good. I still, I still. That's weird. Uh, if we replay that, you'll notice that I just said the mask as the mosque because you said the mosque, the mosque. which was which sounded absurd coming out of my mouth. The mosque. <laughs> the mosque. <laughs> You've changed. You're so bougie. <laughs> um. So anyway, we're so we're, uh, all over the place. Uh, let's let's talk early uh, going goings ons in the life of Nicholas Holt. Um, I'm holding the microphone like I'm a rock star. First. Um, Okay, so like you, of course. Okay, well, we have to talk about the about a boy thing. Blah blah blah. You're sick of it. If you if you could if you could do the, the following. If you could destroy every photo of you from about a boy, would you? Are you proud of your look no, in that film? Are you happy? I, I mean, you're adorable. Every, I wouldn't destroy every photo. No. Okay. Okay. Have you sung um, uh, "Killing Me Softly" in public since about a boy? I um uh, yes, yeah. Strangely, this happened when we were filming um. When we were filming Skins in Bristol, we used to go karaoke like once a week. 
And I remember one time I was sitting there. It was like in a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> and you'd sit there. And then suddenly I remember hearing, and I hadn't, I think the only other song I'd sung at one point was like four of us singing uh, an Arctic Monkeys song. <laughs> and then I heard, and next up, the voice wasn't like that. <laughs> and next up on the microphone, Nicholas Holt killing me softly. And I was like, oh no. Oh. I don't think they said my surname either. <laughs> this probably you were totally happen. embellishing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there were 4,000 people there. And I was like, and I grabbed the mic and I was like, it's my time. No, and I sat Bono there and I came up and sang with me. It was really weird. I refused. We were all there. And I was like, uh, yeah, I refused for a while. And then so my friend Mike, who had put me up to it, who had like put my name in, he started off. And then the 4,000 people were like cheering, going wild. They were like, we want home. We want home. And I crowd surfed all the way to the front. Kind of like actually surfed though, standing up. Right. Not like laying down, standing up. You're and, so committed to this. <laughs> and, then, and then I got to the front and, uh, and I nailed it. <laughs> and they gave me it. a Grammy for some reason while I was doing karaoke. I, know. I didn't like, know if that was people, possible. People were crying. <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking out and like Al Green was there, Alice Redden was there, Etta James, Nina Simone, they're all there and they're going, you got this kid, you're the future. <laughs> and I was like, awesome. But then I just, you know, I decided not to pursue it. No, I feel like that's a good way to go out. <laughs> How do you top, top that? Yeah. yeah. No uh, video footage remains of that, unfortunately. But I would feel that that is a, a constant danger now if you, do you, I don't know if you're a constant karaoke -er or a occasional karaoke, -er. by the way, <laughs> very difficult to say. We went when we were filming this, actually. We went when we were filming Equals, because we were in Japan, so yeah. it was obviously karaoke capital. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I went for Al Green. Yeah. <sighs> It was bad. But it was, it was in <laughs> not like, as good as the other like memory. Booth. It, wasn't, it wasn't like one of the ones in a big bar. So. Didn't have the 4,000 capacity there. It was probably there. worse for the people in there because like, the noise was a lot more intense and close to them. I can't hear a note. <laughs> I think I remember seeing Kristen's face just look shocked and being like, wow, that's real bad. <laughs> uh, what did Kristen sing? She didn't. She didn't no, sing? She's smarter than me. Interesting. Yeah. I've, I've never karaoke. It's just not in my. It's not in my we'll, DNA. We'll, we'll get a karaoke oh, game house as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we like get words. one of the dance games as well, so we can learn routines. Oh, good. Well, can stay in shape too. We should get cracking. Go to a Toys R Us after this and, <laughs> and trick out the place. Dude, I would love to go to Toys R Us. I haven't been there for a while. <sighs> they closed the one in Times Square. It was the only good thing in, in Times Square left was a Toys R Us with the giant Ferris wheel. Uh, did they close that? Yeah. Oh, damn, I it's gone. When I, was a kid, I, I know you were planning on moving to Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you move in, the by the way, it's closed. Like, I need somewhere close to Toys R Us. <laughs> to be close to a playground and a Toys R Us. Um, that doesn't sound exactly right, no, sir. No, no. <laughs> Not after the incident in 2014. Um, so you have some downtime right now. You're done with the uh, wonderful JD Salinger project. Yeah. You're uh, you're hyping the great I'm equals. Employed, so if anyone out there is uh, looking for part time help, I'll write you something. Um, I can kind of, perfect. Thank you. Let's well, do it. We can finally get around to doing all these funny, <laughs> hilarious skits that you do with all your New York. There's literally a board all my in, real friends. There's a board in here with I don't know 50, 60 names <laughs> of of all the wonderful actors that live in New York and. And Josh loves to do things with. I'm just saying, make the cut. We've done about 200 sketches since I've been at MTV. You've not been in one because you don't like fun or me, or just letting yourself go. Yeah, they, I mean, they dragged me here kicking and screaming <laughs> in your 
potato sack. <laughs> so, are you are you good with downtime? Do you like a lot of downtime, or do you are you like itching to get back on a set? I um I I vary. Normally, what happens is I tell my agents that I never want to work ever again if possible, and then like does the industry like, agree? <laughs> are, are we on the same page? Yeah, everyone's like <laughs> stop him, and then like two weeks later, I'm ringing him. I'm like, guys. What are we doing? Right. I need to, I need to work. No, let's do, it, do it the way you actually do it. When, Go, what I am I paying it, you for? Text, you start one of the last, profa- profanity. One of the last messages I sent my agents was uh, a group message, and I sent them saying, "Can I do a film with Tom Cruise, please?" <laughs> they didn't take it that seriously, though. Was Did was it, were you being serious? I was being deadly serious. I Why not? He's great. Yeah, exactly. I was being deadly serious, and like one just didn't even respond. <laughs> I don't even know if he's still my agent. <laughs> I haven't heard from him in a while. <laughs> So, so we'll that it's out. It's got an so AOL fun. email address. It's not a good sign. Like, the other one was like, "Yes, what's brought this on?" And I was like, I just, "Just watching Days of Thunder at home, <laughs> just like, thinking, just, just saying there doing nothing because I'm unemployed because you guys haven't got me a job. This is, I'm gonna start peppering your inbox with all sorts of <laughs> trash now that I've got some spare time on my hands. What? Uh, let's let's uh, okay. Let's figure out your Tom Cruise film. What, 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 okay. what, are you his protege? Yeah, you, he's yeah. passing on the reins. Top Gun 2. Top Gun 2. Amazing. He wants when to do Top start? Gun 2. Does he? He, he does. Cool. Let's crack on. I'm Would ready. you like to be a fighter pilot? Does that yeah. sound appealing to you? I would you? love to be a fighter pilot. Okay. I would like to at least go up in a jet at some point in my life. Okay. Well, you have, I think a lot of people throw up though and pass out and stuff, don't they? Right. They're used to it. Right. That wouldn't be such are, a great are you, movie. Are you so maybe that's the first time. Yeah, you have an arc of a character. It's called uh, Act 1, you're constantly throwing up. By Act 3, you're saving the day. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. Are you susceptible to um, throwing up? up, Yeah. No, uh, very good. Very good. um, Constitution. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Iron stomach. Yeah, see, again, uh, the the roommate situation's not going to work out. when you're going to throw up? What's what's your signal? What does what's the when the bile starts to come up my throat? Right, but you don't get a pre warning. No, I mean it, I, I I I would say I throw up like once every like two years. Like okay. it's pretty infrequent, right. and I'm not like a, a big drinker. And partially because I uh, have such a low constitution, like I, I I'm drunk after two drinks. It's not a right, good right, scene. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So part of uh, us living together is going to have to be you to kind of build up my resilience to alcohol and liquor. Well, that's that's gonna yeah. We'll we'll get around to that. <laughs> that's not going to be difficult. Okay. <laughs> Morning. <laughs> What are you pouring down my gullet? Whiskey. Got this, got this warm, warm ale for you. And, we, and we're, both, we're both wearing potato sacks by this point. Yours is a little bit too small. So it's kind of like wearing Accentuates just, every just curve. a t-shirt. And no underpants. Sorry, such a bad image. Uh, I mean, it's a great getting image, hot in here. No, no. Oh, <laughs> Losing <laughs> listeners by the second. What have you done to our podcast? By this point, no, yeah. they're gone. They tuned in. They were like, "Who?" Like, no. I want to hear a they, thoughtful conversation about like, equals. Like, that Michael Shannon one sounds good. I'm not going to listen to that. <laughs> um, so you don't know the next gig, no. except that you're going to be doing Top Gun two with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, what's X Men's future? Do we know that? Uh, we don't. Really I saw Kinberg last night. Actually, I should have oh, asked yeah? him. Is he here? Yeah, he was at the. I went to see. Um, Nerve, which is a, a pretty good movie with uh, Emma Roberts. And, and my boy, Davey Franco. Dave Franco, yeah, yeah. yeah he was yeah. actually just in for the podcast last week. Really? How did that go? I mean, sure that I mean a little more professional. Yeah. I'll be honest. A little thought, more thoughtful. I'll be honest. <laughs> 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 but more entertaining? I don't know. 
okay. <laughs> 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 every, actually, every warm bodies per. I feel like I've seen every one. Cordry was in this building the other day. He's a funny guy. He's the best. Yeah. Hysterical. I had a tough time working with him because he was very funny. Um, he corpse a lot. You must, uh, 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 that, that's one you take pride in, I would think, more embodies, despite the box office that was maybe lacking. Uh, it's turned into like a... It good at the box office. Did it, did it really? Oh, yeah. We made that movie for not very much. Okay, good. I think it made a worldwide over $100 million. Why are you yelling at me? I'm sorry. Because like you just made it sound like a film that I was in wasn't a No, that's the film, that, that big bomb you were successful. in, that what you, you destroyed the studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we won't talk about those now, but like, let's not make the other ones that did do well into bombs as well. <laughs> all those x-men failures all the <laughs> no i love warm bodies i got my facts incorrect for the record warm bodies was a financial success and an excellent film thank you and it, i think it was uh, reviewed critically acclaimed i, I think so. they all hated it no. yeah probably <laughs> no, it's not but, true. you know who's gonna check out <laughs> who's still listening let me live in my dreamland. <laughs> um, do you count that, that one of the best moments in x-men history was when brian singer did you ever hear about when he lost his voice no. He had something went wrong with his nodes or whatever or something. Yeah. So he had to talk like this. <laughs> so he'd be directing us like this. But he came in, where's the scene when it was... I can't keep that up. But it was the scene when it was myself, Hugh Jetman, uh, James and Jen. And like, it's all us. I don't think it was a scene that ended up in the movie in Days of Future Past. And we're all discussing like, what we're going to do. And ah, this is terrible. And then uh, it was Jen's take. And there was... Uh, there was uh, his direction was basically... Like do the lines, do everything more like you're living in a fantasy land. Okay. <laughs> like like you've got to get real. Right. So he just poked his head into the room, and all you heard was "You're living in a fantasy land." <laughs> At which point everyone was like, "What? <laughs> you're living in a fantasy land?" More, like, you more fantasy. Take, you can't take your boss seriously. No. He's squeaking that. <laughs> like instantly, everyone just breaking down and being like, "This is over." Cut. What was what was the the audition for Beast like? Did you have to exhibit Beast like characteristics? Uh, yeah. <laughs> was that <laughs> a happy memory? No, you know what? I had to. Well, we were down in Australia and we were about to start Mad Max, and then it got delayed. So I rang my agents, my agents that I now don't have. <laughs> and, and I said, guys, and I said, guys. And I said it was a similar sort of text to normal. Need a job. <laughs> it's been a while. And they said, get get on tape for X Men tomorrow. So I went in, and they were like, oh, do this scene, but do it one time, do it in the style of Stewie Griffin. So I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, Stewie from? Stewie Griffin from Family, Family Guy. Family yeah. Guy, yeah. So I was like, okay, I did that. I was like, this is weird. Um, and then I got a phone call at like 3 o'clock in the morning, Australian time, being like, you need to get on a plane. They're going to screen test you tomorrow. So I flew back to London, and I screen tested. Um, and I thought it had gone horribly. And I, was in, and I had to fly back to Australia that same day. And I was like, that sucks. I was like, I didn't get a chance to really yeah. get into it. And I was like, well, damn them. Damn them. And the person <laughs> that I was with doing the screen test, I thought they'd, get, they'd got the job. It was Jen, and obviously she did end up getting the job as well. But they were like, it seemed like she was getting it. She was asked to talk to them afterwards and stay and all this. And they were just like, threw me in a car and back to the airport. <laughs> so I was fuming. I remember bringing my, my agents again. And I was like, that was a lot of BS. <laughs> And they were like, well, there's a meeting for another film in town that they're interested in you for. And I was like, nope, not doing it. I'm going to the airport. I'm going back to Australia. <laughs> I landed in Australia and they called me and they were like, yeah, so you've got to go back again because <laughs> you're, you're going to be doing it. And I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> really? They want me to do it? 
<laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Are you a good auditioner? Do you, is that like no, the worst? Like, terrible auditioner. Really? Oh, yeah. I've had some zingers. I get really nervous. Worst audition. And then, and Give me I a worst feel my audition. Face, like buzzing. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm feeling the same thing right now. You know, you're just, like, you're just trying to look normal and listen to the other person, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> just self-aware, knowing that it's worst not. auditions. Worst auditions are normally when um, when there's some sort of accent involved that I'm not. Like I went into audition for Prince Caspian. <laughs> I walked in, and they were like, "Okay, uh, so uh, do it in uh, uh, what's the accent that you kind of had." I don't um, even know what they... Is, is there a specific to Narnia accent? There is to that character. It was, it was Ben Barnes, my friend, who yeah. ended up doing it. But it was uh, Antonio Banderas sort of accent. Okay. What, what, what's that technically? Uh, I Hispanic. Don't. Okay. Hispanic sort of accent? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So and Banderasian. Let's see a Banderasian. They said Banderasian. <laughs> more a poor and I was like like Puss in Boots right and they were like yes based on that so I was, just, so I was oh, no. sitting there in my head and I was going before I said every line I was like Puss in Boots <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that I was like Puss in Boots and then they were like okay action Puss in Boots and I'd say the line I'd be like hey you've come to you to Narnia <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's got better actually. it's a little bit of a Dracula I will drink blah, blah. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> if I don't know I either do American English or Transylvanian and that's it you should be uh, uh, you could be a good uh, Dracula. Yeah, they're going to bring that back soon. They're, well, they're doing actually the monster. Tom Cruise no is way. in a mummy movie. They're doing this the monster cinematic universe now. Oh, Javier Bardem is playing Frankenstein. Yeah. Russell Crowe <laughs> is playing, I think he's playing Van Helsing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you are going to be playing uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Let's hear it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was me with fangs. <laughs> I have a drink, your blood. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, I take it back, sorry. No, I, I mean, it's a work in progress. Yeah, no, he's in a workshop. We're workshop, yeah. I'm going to go live in a bat cave <laughs> for like a, a few months, come back. Do you, uh, so wait, are you, what's your attitude right now about, I mean, you, you really, not just lucked out, obviously, you earned it, and, and you, you honestly, in an earnest way, delivered a great performance in Mad Max. <laughs> I know, you're like, wait, he's being serious. <laughs> but, oh, wait, look at my little Mad Max posters. I'm obsessed. Oh, you didn't get one of me? No. There probably isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> Those were gifts. I like your Frank mask as well. Oh, yeah, I love Frank. Um, but to see that become like not just like a good film, an amazing film, and an instant um, obsessed over film, like mm. people have tattoos, people, I'm sure, like people yeah, quote yeah, the lines, etc. Tattoos, uh, and like witness me written on them. It's crazy. What do you, when you see when someone shows you a tattoo or something, what's your. It's, it's, it's a really mixed feeling because I'm like, I'm like, wow, they must have really liked it. That's really cool. And then I'm like, oh, God, I don't, they don't feel, like regret that. <laughs> oh, boy. Sorry, in so 30 like years. this thing where I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, as long as they don't regret it. then. Do you have any tattoos? I have no tattoos. Have you considered seriously ever a tattoo? Um, yeah, I went to the shop once to get one. Really? What happened? It was closed. <laughs> yeah. and I asked the guy I was like well, where's, where's your other like place that you can get tattoos and he was like That's, this was in South Africa and he was like it's over 20 miles away or whatever and I had to get a flight so I was like yeah. so what were you going to get? Uh, a few of the guys that were on Mad Max got like these three dots got it sort of thing so I was going to get them massive <laughs> they got them really small but I was going to get them massive just massive dots on your arm? massive dots all across <laughs> like Sure. <laughs> across my body just get the whole nux uh, look yeah well, it was Commit. originally when we were originally going to make the film it was going to be a more of a tattoo look and then when we revisited it 
a few years back yeah. later on, then it was more about scarification, right? Which was kind of less seen. I think in films are more interesting. Better it, idea. Is uh, any regret that uh, poor old Nux didn't make it? If there's a, if and when George gets around to doing another one, uh, yeah, because I had a, I had a, I had a blast playing him. But also, it's kind of the perfect ending for him. So. No, you had the biggest arc, argue, arguably, in that film. For yeah, it was lucky. It was a good. It was a good role. Amazing film. Um, so, what? Uh, anything else in the can that we're going to be talking about soon? What else is coming up, man? Um, <laughs> did that movie called Sandcastle? Uh huh. What's that one about? That's got Sandcastle was a, an Iraq war drama, two thousand and three. Okay. Um, yes, I, I do actually have notes. I'm looking at notes. You do you have notes? I do. Cue cards. Look, have I looked at them once? I'm just seeing what else is coming up for you in case you forget. Uh, right. Yeah, Sandcastle at some point. Oh, the Xavier Dolan thing too I want to mention, ask about. Maybe, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, okay. Um, yeah, this is really ground to a halt now, isn't it? No. Okay, let's, talk about, po- let's talk about Pokemon again. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, this? Yeah, no, no there's, like, there's like bits and bobs in the work. But what happens with the hat? You're going to pick it. No, you've got a better hat on you. Uh, pick out a question or two. It's a random question. This is like, is, does it normally get to this at this point? In the it does, actually. It does? Yeah. Okay, so it hasn't just dried up so much that you're like... No, this is a, a natural arc like, of a conversation. Look, this I... This isn't the natural arc of a conversation. The, when are you out normally and you have a conversation <laughs> and then like 20 minutes pass and you whip out a hat with random questions and throw it on the table? That's how I do it. That's what you do at dinner? Kind of. It's kind of a good idea, actually. <laughs> I might steal it. Because the amount of times I sit there, I'm like, well, that's... How about this weather? <laughs> we steamy out there. So I ask you this question? No, uh, you were going to ask yourself. God, man. Should drugs and or prostitution be legalized? Oh, per- you, per- you picked out the perfect question. Only at the same time. <laughs> I mean, Only in moderation. <laughs> everything in moderation. Everything. That's what my nan says. Is that right? Everything in moderation. It's a yeah, good including moderation. <laughs> so That's you kind of do, do whatever the hell you want. Do you she's mo- like 96 or something. Wow, so. good genes. Yeah, it's worked for her. Um, yeah, that's her motto for life. What's your motto for life? Uh, you know what? I, I, well, it's not really a motto. Kind of, I don't know. Um, uh, Melissa, one of the uh, one of the Vulvalini ladies in Mad Max, the lady that has the bag with the seeds. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 sure. She, um, we, me, and her would spend a lot of time just sitting in the truck because we were like the last two left in it um, towards the end. Then right. when we were about to crash it, and it took a long time to film. So we spent hours and hours and days sitting in this truck chatting. Um, and she'd had a very interesting life and was a wonderful lady. And she told me, uh, the bit of advice she gave me was, uh, it's very simple, Nick. She was like, all you have to remember is love and be loved. Come on. <laughs> and put salt and pepper on your sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> we were having a genuine moment and you ruined it, Nick. <laughs> so, but yeah, the first part of that is actually... <laughs> It's actually very important in life. <laughs> and wear a potato sex, put it in urine wherever, whenever you can. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Uh, what a stupid conversation, but it's good to see you, my friend. It's good to see you. Uh, Equals is a great film. Everybody should check it out. It's much more serious, but also uh, much more emotionally heartfelt. You're going to feel something as opposed to this yeah, conversation. It's, it's a film I'm very proud of and proud of everybody's work in it. And, and uh, I hope people, you know, the thing that Drake always says about it is you kind of, uh, turn your minds off and, your, and open your hearts when you watch it. No, it's, totally. it's all about feeling. Yeah. Um, so when, in a world where no one feels. Exactly. Irony. Um, yeah, no, yeah. as a cold-hearted, uh, horrible human being, uh, it even made me feel something. So that's, that's an accomplishment. Good. Good. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's good. It's good to see you as always. You too. Let's, uh, let's get onto that couch at your house. <laughs> crack on with all the things we've got to be doing. Okay, off to Toys R Us we are. I only got one question. 
can ask it. You can answer another. Can I do one more? Sure, let's do another. Best vacation you've ever taken? Uh, ooh, I went to Cuba. Is that right? Yeah. Went to Cuba, did a lot of sousering. It's a great time. Yeah. Is that recent? We did, have, uh, we did have a bit of a, a, a little bit of a language barrier where my friend was downloading this app before we got on the plane. Right. To like learn Spanish briefly, but we only got like the animals module and like a couple of different <laughs> question modules very quickly before we went. Right. And, the, and then obviously we didn't actually learn anything useful. Uh, we just learned this phrase, which was uh, Donde esta los pingueros, por favor, which is where are the hot penguins? Because <laughs> we were like, there's no penguins here. You know, this is ridiculous, but it's like, it's kind of like stupid juvenile humor whereby right. if you meet a Spanish person and you can't speak Spanish after like, hola, hola, come esta, and all this, then you can just It's a good icebreaker. They're going to love it. And yeah. And they're going to laugh. And it did. We made people laugh. Three days we were rolling around, <laughs> jumping into cabs, <laughs> saying this to everyone. Like, here we are. We're like comedians <laughs> in England. <laughs> Check out our best gag. And then uh, my other friend was sat by the pool on like the fourth day reading the, the Cuba tourism book. And, uh, and there was a little section on sex tourism. And it said uh, female prostitutes in Cuba are called Las Chicas. Male prostitutes are called, called penguinos or oh, something no. like that. And he stopped and he looked at us and he said, guys, what's that phrase we've been saying? He's like, oh boy. <laughs> We're going to have a bit of a reputation for Cuba. We've been asking where all the hot young rent boys are for the last four days. <laughs> we need to get you to a doctor. Get rid of all those VDs now. That's <laughs> <laughs> where I'm heading. So, so many life lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Phrases not to use in Cuba. Uh, oh, season your sandwiches. Yeah. And um, go sequels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we should actually end it now. I've got nothing else to talk about. Have you got anything? Why are you making it weird now? What, you, you're ending the podcast in a weird way. <laughs> you should end it. It's your, it's your job. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry that okay. was, on, on the count of three. But do you want to say anything else? Is there anything else? Uh, closing thoughts? Yeah. No. You're one of my favorite people. I'm glad we finally made it work. And let's do something stupid, even stupider, in a scripted form maybe next time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Deal? Probably better for me to have a script. <laughs> <laughs> Master of the improv arts, Nicholas Holt. Uh, let's get out of here. Very good to see you. Thank you. This is Nagin Farsad, the host of Fake the Nation, where we talk about politics, we talk about news, and we have a laugh. We were laughing. Every week, a cast of my funniest, smartest, and most politically astute friends, people like John Fugelsang, Liz Winstead, Dean Obidala, and others, tackle all the major issues like climate change. America leads the world in people who think climate change is fake. But pro wrestling is real. Guns! I started calling the NRA the AK-47%. <laughs> <laughs> Filibuster? I don't even know her! Okay, that's not a major issue, but it's a really great pun. Guys, Fake the Nation is all the comedy about politics without any of the politics about politics. Fake <laughs> the Nation! This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.